Welcome to Fertility Friendly Food. I'm your host, Stephanie Velarkis, accredited practicing dietitian and nutritionist and director of The Dietologist, an Australian-based practice focused on optimizing fertility through nutrition. This podcast will bring you snack-sized episodes for you to learn, grow, and be inspired by the latest research, facts, and practical lifestyle tips about eating well for optimal fertility, helping you cut through the confusion and myths to take back some of the control on your fertility journey, one bite at a time. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Fertility Friendly Food and today we are talking all about gut and hormones and how they are connected. So fun fact, before I was a dietitian, I studied straight up and down science. I studied genetics, biology, chemistry, then biochemistry of course, physiology, and my absolute favorite, microbiology. I know it sounds like a lot of ologies, but there's a lot of work that goes behind the scenes in terms of getting a strong foundation in science before you become a dietitian. And microbiology is the world of teeny tiny things, namely bacteria, viruses, protozoa, and fungi. These tiny creatures, which outnumber your own cells and how they interact with our bodies, our health, and of course our food, became an area of fascination for me. I was deep in the world of the gut microbiome well before it was trendy, and I could pretty much profile any food poisoning incident to a particular microbe based on a person's symptom profile and suspecting offending food in a matter of moments. And let me tell you, it was often rice. Yes, humble rice, a cause of food poisoning for many. So today's episode is all about merging my two loves, that for women's health and reproductive hormones, but also the gut. And I thought I would talk to you today about the gut hormone access in today's episode. You may have heard of the gut brain, gut kidney, and gut lung axes, but what about the system of complex messengers or hormones that regulate so many aspects of our health and, of course, our fertility? Today, we are diving deep and talking about it and rounding it out with five of my top tips to keep your gut microbiome healthy and diverse, which is the name of the game when it comes to gut microbiome health. It's all about diversity and making sure that we've got plenty of plant munching microbes on board. A publication in 2017 put forward the idea of an estrogen gut microbiome access. Now, this can get really sciencey really quickly, so I want to try and keep it simple without disrespecting the complexity of the science of the gut microbiome and also female reproductive hormones. Two very complex systems, so when they collide, it gets real crazy. Let's break it down. Ideally, we want the gut, the bugs that live in our gut, or the bowel, to be diverse and singing along like a symphony, perfectly in tune with one another and giving our ears the gift of beautiful music. This is called symbiosis. When the host, us, and the residents, the bugs, are both getting a benefit. Sometimes dysbiosis or imbalance occurs. All the diversity of our little residents are reduced, and this can be caused by a variety of different factors. Some, like antibiotics, can be really obvious. Others, not so much, such as chronic stress or undiagnosed medical conditions too. Estrogen and phytoestrogens found 
most famously in soy foods, are activated by an enzyme that some of the bacteria in our gut secrete. This enzyme is called beta-glucuronidase. The broken down estrogen can then go on and bind to estrogen receptors throughout the body and do its job. Yay! This is critical in helping to maintain a healthy and regular menstrual cycle, but it's also something to consider in diseases which are characterized by low or high estrogen too. Turns out that what is happening in the gut can also have an impact on our vaginal microbiome too. I know, not where you thought this conversation was going, but there are bacteria that live downstairs and they are affected by what's happening in our gut. The broken down estrogen and phytoestrogens can then move through the bloodstream and do work on the vaginal lining and affect the acidity or pH, which can increase or reduce your risk of vaginal infections such as bacterial vaginosis. If you'd like to learn more about the vaginal microbiome, I'll leave my blog post linked in the show notes below, and perhaps I can even make an episode all about the vaginal microbiome in my next season. So a particular enzyme that breaks down and activates estrogen to do its work is one way that the gut and the hormones are connected. But how do hormones play a role in our gut? When we talk about an axis, like the gut-brain axis, we're talking about a two-way street. So for example, with the gut-brain axis, poor mood or feeling really nervous can give you the runs or make you go to the toilet and have diarrhea. And vice versa, issues with a dysbiosis in the gut may also contribute to poor mood or anxiety. One of the number one things that I tell my clients with irritable bowel syndrome, which affects 15% of Australians and affects two times more women than men, is we kind of discount the symptoms when you're on your period a little bit because we know that female reproductive hormones play such a big role when it comes to our bowels, especially if we're a little bit sensitive like those with IBS. And here's why. Just before our menstrual cycle, estrogen rapidly drops and this tends to worsen bowel symptoms and increase bloating. And then, of course, during our period, we are more likely to experience pain and discomfort. We don't have all the answers yet, but we are noticing that a woman's reproductive hormones are playing a role on several levels in how their IBS plays out, according to the latest research in this area. But there definitely needs to be more work done. We know that hormones like progesterone can tend to slow things down and leave us a bit more constipated, whilst other whilst other chemical messengers, but not necessarily hormones like prostaglandins around the time of our period can cause smooth muscle contractions, which of course our bowel is a very big smooth muscle, to try and get the uterine lining out, i.e. cramps, but can also cause contractions of the bowel too, leading to, of course, diarrhea around the time of your period. So hopefully that gives you a bit of a brief insight into the gut hormone axis. I think if you're a woman and you have a gut and you've got female reproductive hormones flying around, then I think this is really important information. However, the authors of that 2017 paper that I mentioned at the beginning say that it's particularly important for women with the following issues to pay particular attention to estrogen and the gut microbiome. Those with endometriosis, PCOS, infertility, cardiovascular disease, metabolic syndrome, and those struggling with their weight should really be paying attention to estrogen and the gut microbiome and the axis that is being proposed by these authors. 
Hopefully you're now on board as to why the gut microbiome is so important to keep healthy and you are wanting to know what you can do to improve the health and diversity of your gut microbiome. The first thing is if you take an antibiotic, see a dietitian about a custom probiotic plan as well as a fiber-rich diet. There's going to be times when antibiotics are life-saving and simply unavoidable. And that is a-okay. I am all for modern medicine. But it's all about harm minimization. So if we can reduce the risk of long-term damage or obliteration of certain strains or important uh, strains of bacteria in the gut microbiome or other microbes, then this is a good idea to be focusing on this post-antibiotic use. Feed with fiber is my second tip. Ensure you are getting plenty of raw materials, also known as food, for your gut microbes to munch on. Load up on fruit, veggies, nuts, seeds, whole grains, legumes, and beans. These are packed with what they love, fiber. These foods are also rich in prebiotics, which help stimulate and nurture the growth of those beneficial fiber-loving bacteria. The target is 30 different plants per week. I know it sounds a little bit scary to think about 30 different plants in a week, but here's an example. Take oats for breakfast, for example. Oats would count as one plant. Say you add some chia seeds, pepitas, berries, that would count as just four plants in that one meal. So how many other plants could you pack into the day and the week that are different to help boost the diversity of your gut microbiome? My tip number three is avoid very high protein, very high fat or high sugar diets. So saying see you later to keto. This deprives the gut bugs of fiber. It causes more of the protein and fat digesting bugs to grow, which has not been associated with positive health outcomes. Tip number four, include fermented foods regularly. Think miso, sauerkraut or kimchi, kefir and probiotic rich yogurts to help boost the probiotic content of your diet naturally. We're not sure how much exactly gets down into the gut, but we think there are benefits nonetheless, even if they're not quite alive by the time they make it down there. Tip number five, if you are doing the low FODMAP diet as part of your irritable bowel syndrome treatment plan, please speak to your dietitian about the best ways to maintain your gut microbiome diversity and health during this time. It is absolutely critical to still be getting enough fiber during this period of restriction of prebiotic fibers in particularly, which can affect the health of your gut in the long term which is why it's only recommended to try the elimination part or substitution phase of the low FODMAP diet for two to six weeks only to avoid any long-term and unnecessary complications when it comes to your gut health. I hope you learned a thing or two about the gut microbiome and hormones in this episode. I will leave the link to that 2017 research paper about the estrogen and gut microbiome access down below in the show notes and a blog post summarizing the key points from today's episode down there as well. Don't forget to download my ultimate preconception lifestyle checklist for him and for her by heading to thedietologist.com.au forward slash freebies to get yours today. And until next time, bye.